Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show interview series. Um, I'm really excited about this show. We had the pleasure of being at CPAC. You can see this Lovely picture of the beautiful Paula and me. I always uh, dumb down every photo. But there you go, lovely Paula, uh, beautifying every photo she's in. We went to CPAC. We loved seeing you all there. Thanks for all the hospitality. But one of the great parts about CPAC is you're surrounded by some of the best uh, conservative activists, some of the most dedicated conservatives in the country all in one spot. So you get some great interviews. But one of the bonuses of this year specifically is a lot of the victims of the dreaded Spygate probe, which we've been covering on this show for upwards of three and a half years now, written multiple books about, you all know I cover it on the podcast here often, some of the victims of the Spygate plot were there. Yeah. Carter Page and Svetlana Lakova specifically, and one of the congressmen who's been at the forefront of the fight against the Spygate plotters, Doug Collins. They are all on this interview show. I have them all for about between 10 and 15 minutes each. We got David Harrison there as well, who is a prominent a black Trump supporter. Again, not an issue for us, the fact that he's black, but an issue for liberals that love to play identity politics. And David Harris takes that head on. And I have to tell you, uh, not a surprise because I know David to be a great guy, but one of the best interviews, even though it's short, I've ever conducted. Show's about 45 minutes. Here's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear about the behind the scenes, about how Carter Page was targeted and what they specifically did to him, and Svetlana Lakova as well, about specifically how some of the human spies these spygate plotters were using, how they interact with her too. It's really going to surprise you. All right, don't miss the show. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at... NetSuite. Why do companies like Ring, uh, why do companies like Ring, <laughs> Ring, hint that the COVID's all have in common? They all use NetSuite to accelerate their growth. So do we here at Bongino Inc. We would be lost without NetSuite. NetSuite is easy to use and it helps you know what your bottom line is. Successful companies know that in order to grow faster, you must have the right tools. Whether you're doing a million, 10 million, or hundreds of millions in revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives you the tools you need to accelerate your growth. Seriously, we'd be lost without it here. We love NetSuite. You get the full picture of your business, not just little pieces. You get finance, you get inventory, HR, customers, and more all in one spot. It's everything you need to grow all in one place, right from your phone, phone, or your computer right here. That's simple. NetSuite will give you the visibility and control you need to make the right decisions and grow with confidence. Don't let your competitors beat you to the punch. NetSuite customers grow faster than the S&P 500. You know that? It's the world's number one cloud business system for a reason, trusted by more than 19,000 companies. It's the last system you will ever need. Schedule your free product tour right now. Don't let your competitors beat you to the punch. Receive your free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash Bongino. That's netsuite.com slash Bongino, netsuite.com slash B-O-N-G-I-N-O. 
All right, here you go. Carter Page up first. All right, welcome back to the Dan Bongino Show. Here with Carter Page. Carter, good to see you. Great to be with you, Dan. Now, many of you know Carter Page, a frequent subject of my show for all the wrong reasons, not because of you, but because of what happened to you. Uh, folks, Carter was the subject, unfortunately, of the most uh, illicit, I mean, worst, most devastating political spying scandal in U.S. history, Carter. You were the subject of the fake steel dossier, phony allegations that you met with uh, Rosneft executives, and we're going to accept a billion-dollar bribe. What happened to all that money, brother? I mean, really nice soup. It's closer to ten billion. Ten billion? Yeah, My yeah, God! Yeah, I mean, yeah. ridiculous it's on its totally face. Totally ridiculous. Yeah. So today we had this breaking news that Christopher Steele, who either fabricated or passed on fabrications about you, which we have no doubt are categorically false, is now doubling down and shockingly suggesting again that his dossier was reliable. I mean, to a guy like yourself, who's done nothing wrong in this case, you are the subject of the biggest political spying scandal in U.S. history. How does that? make you feel? Well, I always bear in mind a slight uh, edit on what you're saying. You know, I am not the subject. What they, what he did, his 35-page rubbish dossier right. funded by the DNC and pushed by their consultants, you know, in addition to himself, is to take down candidate Trump to damage him during the transition. Can I, I be, let me correct myself. I think a more accurate right. Yes. The more accurate way to say it is you were the vehicle. Yes. But you were the primary vehicle. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I mean, how does that make you feel, though? Steele doubling down, suggesting that there's some authenticity to this garbage document, which just attempted to wreck your character. I always bear in mind, you know, not only President Trump, but, you know, you and all, all the uh, great law enforcement people that have done so much to serve our country, looking at the impact it's had on so many lives from President Trump on down to so many great Americans and the impact it's had on our institutions that were once respected and Terrible. it's really a you know rebuilding process and we need to continue pushing forward right now we've only we're only at the tip of the iceberg unfortunately well you have a new book coming out abuse and power how an innocent american was framed in an attempted coup against the president carter page august 4th folks be sure to look out for it now carter one of the most um, i think devastating gut punches I saw in the IG report is the fact that it was revealed in the report and if you're comfortable talking about it, fine. If not, I understand as well, but that you were assisting our intelligence agencies in an operation to take down some Russians who may have had malintent in the country. Your assistance of the United States government was actually used against you where an FBI lawyer, Kevin Kleinsmith, is alleged to have manipulated an email to make it look like your contact with Russians was in fact malicious. This Now, you knew this for a long time. Yep. This must have killed you to have to keep quiet. Well, and that's, you know, having watched, you know, people in law enforcement and the national security complex like yourself who are, act like real professionals, this is really represents a something, you know, it's that's terrible, but it, it just, to me, it's just such a complete disgrace that we really need to... But you knew this the whole yes. time. You knew your contact with Russians was not for a malicious purpose, but was in fact in service to your country. I, again, I'm not trying to dig into your head of your personal life, but this had to personally eat at you that your character was being shredded for something you were doing in furtherance of our country's goals, not in contrast to them. Well, and that, that is, that's the entire problem, right? It's just spinning things to advance a, uh, a political agenda oh, yeah. to, you know, destroy our, our president, to destroy 
and impede some of the incredible things that he's been able to nonetheless accomplish. So, and this, you know, and you kind of, you uh, you had just uh, alluded to my book. This is what I really, you know, I, I as you say, I, I've always tried to be very uh, limited in terms yeah, of You're what, very you cryptic know. in your interviews. I've noticed this with many people. You can be very cryptic. <laughs> well, and, you know, and I try, I'm respectful for operational integrity. And, sure. you know, I know you're, I you totally come from that same, Opsec you know. matters, I get it. You know, so this, unfortunately, this, the record now needs to be uh, set straight. I so. mean, can I get you on the record for the 10,000th time? But Steele's now, again, doubling down that this dossier has some air of authenticity. It's garbage. Um, none of it is, in fact, true. But the main allegation in there against you is that you met with these Russian executives from this company who were about to bribe you for access, basically, to the Trump team. You have been categorical in your denial that you never met Sechin and Dvorkin. Can you just for the umpteenth thousandth time for my audience that this charge is categorically false? Well, I, I think the best, there was a, uh, an article on September 23rd, 2016, uh, I believe in uh, Politico, there's a woman, Julia Iaffe. Yeah, yeah, right? I know. And so, yeah. um, you know, and she interviewed, you know, yeah. most of these people are just throwing out false stories all along. And in this interview, uh, I think, you know, it's a uh, it's a pretty, pretty tough words, but, uh, you know, I think I can say it and, and uh, still be PG, you know. When the, when uh, she asked a executive at Rosneft, I, I think the spokesperson at Rosneft yeah. about these allegations, right. the response in September of 2016, a couple of weeks, just a couple of weeks before it was submitted to the uh, FISA court, the the, uh, the executive at, at Rosneft said to this uh, Western journalist, "You are engaging in onanism." <laughs> that was uh, that was the response, and that is exactly what uh, I think the uh, the correct. You so know, just to be clear, you yeah. were never offered a ten billion dollar. I mean, I, I, I just it, it, it's completely. You have to understand, Carter. Yeah. I've been, as you know, been trying to clear your name now for probably two plus years. And it's really hard to get through to some leftists and to be candid, some Republicans who just don't like Donald Trump, who need some of this story to be true. And it was just on its face so patently offensive. I mean, you're a Naval Academy grad. You served your country. And I just thought, my gosh, do people have any dignity left? Final question. I'll let you go. I know you're busy. I see a lot of demand for you, obviously, here. Mike Flynn, another patriot who, like yourself, has been assaulted. And you know what I find out? Sorry, I get very sometimes scatterbrained, but this matters to me. It's interesting that when an anti-Trump narrative emerges, all of a sudden people's military service is used as a shield. Yeah. Colonel Vindman, for example. And again, I say all the time, God bless the man for his service. I mean that. I do not. But you can't criticize Vindman on the left because he served in the military. You have a guy like yourself, though. Naval Academy grad assisted our government in an operation that's now come out. But you have been fair game for people who have wrecked your character forever. And it's also happened to Mike Flynn, who it's clear, like you, was a target of an administration that needed a vehicle to get to Donald Trump. That Your thoughts on the Flynn case? Well... Look, I mean, just t- taking that Vinman example, I, I mean, I served when I was in the military as a U.S. Naval officer. I had a similar, I was a, uh, I had a, a, I was more junior, but I was in a billet that was a 05, you know, a step below a, a full colonel or a full captain sure. uh, position. And that was during, I, I served from 1993 to 1998. And for me, you know, to, 
say, say things against, then it was during the Clinton administration. The pres, uh, President Clinton was in office the entire time. For me to ever even imagine saying something, you know, in public right. uh, against of, the president, right. you know. Through the chain of command, you know, right. It's a total breach of the chain of command. So that that really, I mean, know, it's antithetical to the entire military ethos. It's, there it, are ways to handle these things. And what makes it the case, I think, even worse is what Vinman's theory about the case was patently false. There yes. was no quid pro quo. Yeah. And the fact that the left used it as a shield I found so hypocritical precisely because of the attacks on you. I mean, well, you served honorably as well. Yeah, well, look, I, I think, again, and I think part of the reason why they liked him so much, in addition to kind of impeding all the uh, great things that President Trump has been doing is a difference of policy opinion. And this this goes back to your question about uh, General Flynn, right? I mean, he had, you know, he was helping to advance as the national security advisor, you know, a top position in the White House. Yeah. Doing so much to advance uh, the president's agenda, you know, which all, you know, America's, you know, in our democracy, 2016, he was America's choice to be the president. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, he's just completely uh, acting, you know, what 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 has been done to him is just a national tragedy. And so this, to me, is one of the big steps forward that I believe needs to happen. Back in, you know, Civil Liberties Act of 1988 was a step by the... A federal law which was passed to grant reparations to Japanese Americans, you know, with the, all the civil liberties sure. they had. I think I'm calling for a Civil Liberties Act of 2020 to help uh, help provide reparations to people like General Flynn, uh, myself, so many Can innocent Americans. Can you legally Americans. go after the FBI agent who's alleged to have manipulated that email, accusing you of engaging with Russians for malicious intent? Can you legally go after uh, that person personally? You know, the, I, uh, I'm... <laughs> I, 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 I can't say too much right now. You know, I'm uh, suffice to say there's been a lot of problems. I think. Well, what, let me ask you yeah, in generality. Yeah, yeah. I, I forget what you. I get it. I don't want yeah. you to expose any legal things you may have. Can a person in that type of situation go after a federal agent for what it is alleged to have been a very serious act, manipulating an email to make a someone else look like a Russian spy when they're in fact working to you know arrest and, and prosecute Russian spies? The short answer is yes, and. And I'm keeping gotcha. a lot of uh, gotcha. options okay, on the good. table. Good. However, this goes back to, and it's very similar to what you're describing in terms of what happened in the White House and what President Trump has had to deal with, with these uh, people with their own personal agendas that don't agree with his policy. Yeah. I think Attorney General Barr has been dealing with precisely the same thing in the Justice Department. Yeah. Great person, you know, very strong leader with tremendous integrity on the one hand, but he's surrounded with a lot of bad actors. And yeah. I think we saw this. I mean, this is exhibit A is the Mueller witch hunt, which oh, happened, which disaster. was a continuation. Totally so, you know, I um, a lot needs to happen. I think Congress really needs to take a step up. And I know you've been an advocate in terms of stuff. I've been trying, that, you know, and, and, and to I've me, a- to me, it's not just investigation. Like you have done, you know, your book Spygate uh, and well, we were, you know, I mean, yeah, I wrote that book almost four years ago. I know and we're st- we were so far ahead of the curve. It could have been written. Yes, we had a good source yeah. um, to be fair. But I knew from the start you've done nothing wrong. I mean, nothing wrong at all, because all of the people in this case who also did nothing wrong, but they found process crimes. They couldn't even find a process crime on you. 
Wait, I mean, no perjury traps, which means you probably outsmarted them, number one. And number two, you did nothing wrong. Well, so. I'm going to have more to say about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little sneak preview, Dan, I, I can say. Originally, when I got my uh, Mueller witch hunt supre- uh, subpoena by one of the Democrat donors yeah. signed by them, you know, originally it was for the uh, several weeks before I actually ended up testifying, and they ended up postponing it. Why did they postpone my testimony? Because they wanted to wait until after I had testified. You know, they found out I was testifying in Senate intelligence and House intelligence. Ah. So they decided, well, let's try to push it back. We'll compare the two and, and see if he lied on their so, own. you know, when I got uh, on November 17, 2017, I got grilled the entire day by these three Democrat donors. And they're, like, trying to compare every single... Well, you know, uh, the you interesting know, thing yeah. about trying to compare testimony is when it's the truth, there's nothing to remember. Because that's what happened. You only have to remember false stories if they're false. What did I say? If it happened, it happened. You know, if someone says you carnage, you interview with Dan Bongino at CPAC, you don't have to make up 20 different stories. It's one story, yes. So I think that's why. But yeah, you did a great job, and I'm really sorry this happened to you. You've been a subject of my show for a long time, Well, and and I really hope you get justice one day. Look, you've been an important force, Dan, to really push this uh, story. And your your research has been uh, essential for so many innocent lives, but also, you know, the leadership of this country, including Congress. So thanks. Folks, go out, check out his book. It's going to be out August 4th. Carter Page, Abuse and Power, How an Innocent American Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President. Can't say it any simpler than that. Carter, thanks for your time, buddy. Thanks so much, Dan. See you later. Thanks a lot. Dan Bongino. All right, welcome back to the Dan Bongino Show, our special interview series from CPAC. I have been trying to make this interview happen forever. Um, The reason is this lovely lady uh, in front of me here, Svetlana Lakova, has an incredible story to tell and has been, by no fault of her own, a central key figure in the entire ongoing Spygate saga. Svetlana Lakova, welcome to the show. It is an honor to finally talk to you and meet you. Finally, Dan we meet and I'm so glad and honored to be on your wonderful show. Oh, thank you. We have tried, you and I have been back and forth, phone calls, text, DMs, every kind of communication, carrier pigeon, whatever. Let me get right to it. Um, so from for the regular Spygate listeners to my show, they know who you are, but for the uninitiated in the Spygate saga, Svetlana Lakova was at a very interesting, and I'll let her tell the story, dinner party back in 2014, correct? Correct. At that dinner party was a figure I know all of you know, Lieutenant General Mike. Mike Flynn. Now, Svetlana, what happens at that dinner party or what doesn't happen? And what are you accused of later after the Donald Trump campaign starts, which is used to try to hurt you and Mike Flynn? Right. Well, in a nutshell, nothing happens. So I'm based. <laughs> that is the story, that's, right? That's pretty much the story in a nutshell. So I'm just a regular academic at Cambridge University, a family woman doing my research about 1930s. And I get invited all the time in Cambridge University. Lots of VIP guests come and they invite young you know, researchers to impress them with their, you know, uh, whatever they're working on. So I was writing my PhD on uh, Stalin and NKVD. And I was asked to bring to this dinner a postcard that Stalin wrote in 1912 when he himself was on the run before he became a dictator. 
later, before the revolution. Who asked you to bring the postcard? Uh, 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 Christopher Andrew, who is okay. my supervisor. So he's my professor at Cambridge University. Gotcha. And he says, we have this important visitor. Uh, we want to impress him with how great Cambridge University is. So bring your research. And I discovered in the archive, you know, we all heard about Joseph Stalin, like this yeah, big, course. big, big figure, right? Um, but actually, before he became, um, you know, before uh, the revolution won, he was himself on the run from Tsarist uh, secret police, right? He was a fugitive. Mm -hmm. And he sent this postcard in the, from exile, hiding, uh, explaining to his girlfriend uh, where, where he's hiding. And it's in his handwriting, so it's a very interesting historic document, which I found. So I showed this document uh, to Michael Flynn. I was set further away from him throughout dinner than I am from you Who now. Who is the DIA director at the time Obama, under the Obama administration. Right. right. So and he's at this dinner with you. That's right. You show him this postcard, right? Well, he was at the dinner with 12 people. The host was Sir Richard Dearlove, who was the former head of MI6. Mm -hmm. And I was actually not sitting next to Flynn, which is very important. I was sitting next to Richard Dearlove, right? And Flynn was on the opposite side of me to the left. And the dinner was, you know, all the VIPs were there, so they were the ones having the conversation throughout the dinner, and I'm just a lowly researcher. And towards the end of the dinner, I was asked in front of everyone just to show him this one document, which I did. And that's it. That's all that happened. So, just to go over this again, you're sitting at a dinner you're invited to in 2014, folks. That's important, because I've told you over and over, I call my story Spygate, because I don't call it Trumpgate, because Trump didn't even start running until 2015, 2016, where the hints started. So this is 2014. Svetlana's a researcher. She is a UK citizen. Born in Russia. She's not Russian. She is a UK citizen. She's invited to Cambridge University. Mike Flynn shows up as the DIA director under Obama. She's asked to bring this postcard, and she's seated near Flynn and Dearlove, who is the head of the UK intelligence office. Now, you show him this postcard. How is your life then over? I mean, really, just the boat is overturned after that. What happens after that? Well, and what do you think was going on? That's the thing. So initially, nothing happens. So, so 2014, nothing happens. 2015, you don't think anything happened? Nothing. In fact, I get invited to more and more events as my research progresses, including, mm. for example, I was invited to meet um, Flynn's successor, next head of DIA next year, also coming to Cambridge as a VIP, and many other people like that. So my life proceeds as normal. And then 2017, um, uh, I just given birth to my child who you hear screaming hear, in the yeah. background. And so 2017, <laughs> that's three years, that's right, that's three years after the event. I, I forgot all about it. I met the, the gentleman once, that's it. Three years after that, suddenly I have US and UK press descending on me, accusing me of having inappropriate relationship with this man that I met with once three years before. With Lieutenant then, General Mike Flynn. You're like stunned by this, if I'm correct. Holding right? a baby, You're right? like, what the hell is this? And, the, and they all come within 48 hours. They all have my phone number, my email address, and they all know about this fake story about relationship with Mike Flynn. Where do and you I think they got that from? Stefan Halper. Stefan Halper, who is the known human intelligence spy asset, spying on George Papadopoulos and Carter Page on behalf of the FBI. Right. So now, what leads you to believe that Halper fed that information to the media. Right. I knew it was Halper who fed the information, but what I didn't know is that he was doing it as part of the intelligence operation. So remember, Stefan Halper was masquerading at my University of Cambridge, and a lot of Spygate stuff, as we now know, all happens in Cambridge, which is a separate yes. topic which needs to be investigated.
complicated. So Papadopoulos gets lured to London, uh, Page gets lured to Cambridge, Michael Flynn of course went to Cambridge, all sorts of things keep happening in Cambridge or London, right? And so Professor Halper is a professor at our, you know, and he's at our university and he, I know him. I was sat in the room with him pretty much how every long, week. How long have you known him? For years, but we never exchanged two words because he was always very rude to me, he was very obnoxious person, very nasty person, but we were in the same room because he was co-convener of something called Cambridge Intelligence Seminar, right. which I'm a member of Academic Forum, right? So then when the newspaper started attacking me, I went to my own professor, Christopher Ranger, to ask him what's going on, and he said that that's an academic and professional dispute between him, Halper, and others, where they were all arguing about you know academic stuff and consultancy they were running and money, and I just became a victim of that because I'm associated with Christopher Andrews, his protégé. So I was told it's just an academic dispute, which just spilled into the newspapers. So I always knew it was Halper. So, wait, wait. Back up a bit, because there's just too much here. So just to be clear... They're impugning your character. You start to hear whispers of this in December of 2016, correct? Halper writes a piece in the Financial Times, right? Now you're being contacted by U.S. media, alleging you had some kind of inappropriate relationship with Mike slept. Basically, which is, you're you're laughing at because, like, this is total nonsense. But you've known Halper the entire time, and Halper, has he ever approached you directly, Halper? No, so that's another thing, is that when we were in the same room in Cambridge, he never exchanged any words with me. In fact, he once came to a lecture when I was presenting my research. He sat in the front row. He's like 74, very unhealthy, very, very obese, yeah. sweaty, and he falls asleep in presentation and snores. So he snored throughout right. my presentation, which is why I didn't think he's this master spy, right? Right? Right, right. Forgive me. Um, and then what happens is that he never approached me about anything um, other than then what happens is that in January 2016, he tries to invite me through Christopher Andrew for dinner. This is the man whom I've known for years who never spoken to me, which at I refused. So Halper at, invites at, you at, after. at Christopher Andrew's house in January who is 2016. His, who is one of his buddies, Christopher right. Andrew. And now we know that's when Halper just got paid the SONA money in December 2015. Wait, stop. That's important. So, folks, Svetlana and I, Svetlana and I, excuse me, tongue twister, have spoken many times about this. This is what I believe is the core of this scandal. Clearly, Stefan Halper has some role in setting you up by impugning your character and suggesting, wrongly, you had an inappropriate relationship with Mike Flynn. Clearly designed, I don't believe, to target you. You're a vehicle for this to target Mike Flynn and Donald Trump. Sadly, an innocent woman, try, they tried to take you down. You were a little stronger than they thought. They underestimated I never did. Yeah, that's right. Woman power right there. I think the scandal here, though, is that Halper, as you just indicated, is under contract with the United States government through the Office of Net assessments that while this is going on is paying Stefan Halper with our tax dollars. Now, before the interview, you brought up an interesting point. What are the dates of these contracts and do they correspond with the activity surrounding you in 2015? Right. So the first, as I now call it doing the research, because now I'm writing a book about Stefan Halper called The Spider, which you can pre-order. Is that available now? Again, yes, say that Amazon, title again. Right. The Spider. By Svetlana Lakova on Amazon now, The Spider. Go pick that up, folks. We got to support Svetlana. She really has been through a lot for us. She's fighting a good fight. So Thank you. And so I'm now been doing this research into Kalper and the ONA contracts. And we now 
now know that the first ONA contract gets awarded to Halpa in September 2015 for $240,000. Now, he says it's something called Russia-China study. And he, in his proposal, says that he's going to travel to Russia and China for this academic study. Except the receipts of the Senator Grassley audit show that he didn't travel to Russia or China for the Russia-China stu- study. So just to be clear, the guy I believe, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, the guy I believe, Halper, who was intimately involved with setting you up or setting Flynn up using you with this postcard, a lesson affair nonsense, is being paid by U.S. tax dollars for a Russia-China study, but mysteriously keeps appearing over in London where all of the Spygate stuff is happening. Right, Am I right there? Right. So ONA, i.e. the taxpayer, i.e. you then, I'm afraid, yeah. have paid for Halper to go. The receipts show he didn't go Russia-China. He went three times to London and one time to New York, and you paid for it. Now, we know that the first time he came to London, that's to see me and try to have this dinner with me in January 2016. That's within weeks of him cashing in this ONA check. Um, luckily, I refused to go. I didn't know it was an operation. I just thought the guy was really yeah. horrible, right? So that's the So first. by January 2016, you're hip to this, and you're like, I'm not getting caught up in this again. Right, right. Okay. Now, this is, so January Can I just say, though, they really messed with the wrong woman? Like, did they think you were going to take this lying down? Like, you're super smart. You got a ton of bad. Like, really, they picked the wrong person to I mess with. I was a new mom one. as well. That was bad, right? Well, mama, so it's like a don't mess with mama bears. Yeah, right? yeah, You're just yeah. given birth. You're recovering oh, from birth. God. And they tell you you're some kind of uh, seductress. Easy. And that I'm a Putin operative. That my only one. You know, you're worked, a British citizen. And I'm an <laughs> academic, right? I write right. books. I teach right. students, right. right? They turn right. me into this some kind of uh, no, it's dirty. Awful. I'm a little short on time, but I want to ask you a final question because it's important. So this Cambridge Intelligence Seminar over in the United Kingdom, where I believe is the hotbed, the nexus of activity targeting targeting the Trump, we already know there was a back channel from the United Kingdom into the Obama administration feeding a lot of this garbage intel they clearly made up about you and others. There's a Russian over there at the Cambridge Intelligence Seminar by the name of Trubnikov. Trubnikov was the former uh, uh, SVR head, an intelligence chief in Russia. Trubnikov has a relationship with Halper too, doesn't he? That's right. So this is the man who says that he had Halper wrote that article we were discussing in um, December 2016, saying that he left Cambridge Intelligence Seminar that he says Flynn is associated with, except Flynn only went there once. Mm. He said he left it because it was penetrated by Kremlin and Russians, etc. Which is hilarious because Trubnikov is an SVR head, his friends with Halper. invited him and paid for him. So the only person, the only Russian intelligence person who ever been to Cambridge seminar is the one paid and invited for by Halper. I mean, that. I, when I say hilarious, folks, uh, I mean tragically hilarious that people fell for this scam. Svetlana, I, I, I got to run. Listen, I want to do a longer form interview with you because I want to walk through a chronology from 2014. And you have so much to say. Um, but I think we can both agree that it appears highly likely that Office of Net Assessment, U.S. tax taxpayer dollars were paid to rip apart people like yourself, take down Trump via Flynn. It's it's really kind of gross what happened. I'm Again, your book? That. The book is called The Spider, The, the Spider. Dark Web of the Coup Against President Trump. By Svetlana Lakova. Pre-order now, Pre-order right? Now. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Folks, I know Svetlana. She has been through, the. I'm telling you, a lot. There's a lot going on behind the scenes we don't even cover on the air here. It's worse than you know. Help her out. Go pick up her book and read the real details from someone who had to unfortunately live in Spygate. 
Lithuania. Svetlana, thanks for your time. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. It was a, such a pleasure. Thank you. Dan Bongino. Welcome back to Dan Bongino interview show at CPAC. Uh, you know this guy. I- I'm so happy to have him on. David J. Harris Jr. How you doing, brother? Good Dan, to get- a to pleasure you. and an honor, my brother. So, so good to be here. You know I love you because what you do is needed. You go out there and you don't back down. You go That's on right. planes a lot. I mean, you're a man of deep substance. You have your own show. But you put these videos out, which are classic, where you put MAGA hats on yeah. and you go on a plane and you sit in uh, one of the first rows and you people walk by you. And the thing about you, David, is what, about 6'3"? about 240 pounds of muscle it's kind of yeah. hard for them to say have you ever had someone confront you while you're wearing your MAGA hat the on only time the only time I've had somebody confront me was right after we landed this was the first time the president had actually just given me a trifecta he retweeted me he posted me on his Instagram and he shared my video on his Facebook so I just left DC I was flying high getting back to <laughs> get back to Dallas Fort Worth right. um, I get to the uh, I get to the uh, luggage uh, cart the, the, the carousel there to get my luggage and this little Caucasian lady, probably mid-40s, again, I'm flying high. She walks up to me and she says, you know, you'd look like you had a higher IQ if you took that hat off. No way. Yes, she did. I hit record on my phone and I was like, Oh, that what drives them nuts. When you hit record, it shuts well, everybody no, down. Well, no, I didn't let her know I was recording. Oh. I, I had my hand down below. Right? I grabbed my luggage. I had my hand down below. I said, what did you just say? So she said it again. You'd look like you had a higher IQ. I'm like, where do you get off walking up to, to a total stranger? Did you make her famous or infamous? Yeah, the video went pretty viral. Yeah, yeah it went pretty crazy that. on Facebook. Instagram. So other than that, and I got into dialogue and talked to her about why she felt confident and comfortable walking up to a person of color or anybody for that matter and sharing with them that she thinks that they're stupid because of their hat. Uh, I, I put I put, put it really simple for her for that. But for the most part, I get a lot of, especially now, I get a lot of more thumbs ups and people saying, I love your hat than, uh, than I did three years ago. You know, I get this question a lot and you can probably relate. People say to me, you know, you fly back and forth to New York with Fox and all, New York being a relatively liberal place. You must get confronted a lot. And I got to tell you, it's one time. Hmm. That's it. I mean, I've been at this game eight years. Just one time, a guy came up to me, my wife in the airport, and uh, he started out all nice. And he said, listen, I've seen you on Fox. And then he just lost his mind. The TSA guy wound up chucking him off the line. Wow. Yeah, but I don't get it that often. It's actually kind of surprising. And I think it's, you know, I'm a big guy. I don't mean that in kind of a weird way, but I think they're kind of intimidated. Like, it's easy to be a trash talker on Twitter. Right. But then when you get in person, all of a sudden, I mean, not that I'm going to do anything to anybody. Yeah. But I find that the tough guys on Twitter are usually the weakest people in person. Absolutely. And I have ladies walk up to me all the time that say, I love your hat. I wish I could wear mine in public. And I was actually just talking to somebody at what airport? I think I was in Nashville. Uh, just flew from there yesterday. And I said, you know what? For the most part, airports are pretty safe. I'd love to see a movement of Trump supporters wearing their hats and their gear when they travel. Right. Because there is security all over the place. There's TSA all over the place. It's a public place. And they don't, you, you know, they may, a person may be a liberal, but they don't know if they're surrounded by liberals. So I think they're less likely to trash talk or to be overly, you know, aggressive towards an individual that's wearing support, showing their support for the president in airports and on airplanes. Folks, if you haven't seen some of David's videos, I'm not kidding. Go to his Instagram or his Twitter at David J. Harris Jr. Follow him because he's not doing anything. Like some of the videos are hysterical because he's not. Do- he's sitting there videoing people's reactions to him just wearing a hat, which you would <laughs> ne- fifty years yeah. ago would have been like, why is this guy filming these videos? But the hat. 
I mean, the fact that it's so provocative to the left yeah. says so much more about the left than it says about you. That yes. this has become, you've been a viral sensation. You've been retweeted by the president. And by the way, just well, your show, promote, what's your show and your, your uh, David your... J. Harris Jr. Uh, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and, and you YouTube. You have a show, right? And I have a show, yeah, when I'm not traveling at 6 p.m. Texas time, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and now I just launched a podcast trying to grow it like you, my brother. So wow, I'd love to have you audience. on and do a deep dive podcast uh, episode with Let's you. If you all right, That's my own. They're terrific. Yeah. One final David question, I'll let show. you roll. Um, the black vote. It's been mm-hmm. tough for us to crack for a yeah. long time. We, yeah. We've done a horrible job. I mean, it's just tautological. We, the numbers are just not there. Yeah. You know, and I've said this before, and I've been burned, and I'm, I'm trying to get out of the predictions game, but I've got to tell you, I swear I think we're seeing something real here. I do I've too. been out there. I'm an activist at heart. I yes. still go out and give speeches. Yes. There are people coming up to me saying... You know what? I got hosed. I believed all this BS for 30 years. Trump yeah. opened my eyes. And it's and it's not randos. Right. It is significant swaths of black and Hispanic voters. Yes. And do you feel it? I mean, I it feels do. like something real is happening. I do, Dan. I do. And I'm seeing and hearing more black individuals that are sharing with me that they love their 401ks, that they are they have more friends working, family working. Um, I'm on Black Voices for Trump. I'll actually be at the White House today for the Black History event. I was invited into the nice. Oval Office awesome. before the awesome, event. Brother. To meet with the president, this president has done more for the black community, Hispanic community, and minorities in this country than any Republican president that I know of, maybe since Reagan or Lincoln. Literally, I, I believe the Republican Party kind of, you know, they said, "You well, if the if the minority community is going to sell out, basically just a, pl- a blind allegiance to the Democrat Party, then we're not going to go after their vote." Right? You know what I think it is, and tell me if you think I'm crazy. It's that he doesn't talk to people like black voters. He talks to them like people. Like people. Like they're not black people. They're right. people. Exactly. Like, okay, you have an elevated mel- 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 melanin content that you're skipping. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Who cares? Right. It doesn't. That none of well, that you want, matters. You want jobs? Like, you want good jobs, schools? Kids education. You, you want to take care of the unborn babies? Oh, my gosh. Like when I ran in Maryland, one yeah. of the largest populations of black voters anywhere in the country, I on my life, I never knocked on a door and someone who was black and spoke to them any different than someone who was White. Right. It's that's so offensive that the Democrats put people in these automaton Star Trek Borg-like boxes. Yes. Like, why do you have to speak differently to black folk? I don't understand. Isn't there like a soft bigotry there? And finally, there Trump gets out in front. You know, come on, you know him personally like I do. Yeah. We're not name dropping. I'm just saying. Yeah. He this he just doesn't see people that way. He, he sees them as people. Yeah. He doesn't see you as oh you're David Harris, oh advocate for the black folk. He just sees you as David Harris. Yes. And it's so authentic, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Every time I've met him, you know, I know like you. We've met some racist folks. Oh, my gosh. We've met racist oh, folks that tried One to act many. like they weren't racist. Maybe they were friends of friends, and they were trying to be nice. You can tell. There's 100%. an air. There's a feeling. We know. It, it, the the I, antenna go up immediately. Absolutely. You can't I, grow up the, in a big city without it. No, absolutely. You, you know, there's always a gloss on it. That's The minute you get in 10, 15 seconds of conversation, you can. That is not this guy. It's not this president. There's not an Never ounce of that. that in him. And that's the reason. I mean, would you agree that he's so offended when that topic comes up? You want to piss off Trump. Accuse him of being a traitor. But right. even worse, accuse him of being a racist. He yeah. loses it. Yeah. And it's because it's so offensive to him. It is. I mean, he's got a history of doing things to support the black community, Jewish community, uh, Marla. 
Chicago launching that one he did in order to give the opportunity for blacks and Jews to be able to have a country club of their own. He's had black rappers rap about him. He's had black celebrities love him and love hanging out with him. And then as soon as he runs for president as a Republican, the mainstream media labels him a racist. If he ran as a Democrat, he'd be a superhero. Absolutely. He would be. David, great to talk to you. Again, your your show and your Twitter for the audience? David J. Harris Jr. And on on podcast, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, David J. Harris Jr. Show. Check him out, folks. This guy is awesome. David, thank thanks you, so much. Bless you, Good my to brother. see you, man. Take care. Thanks yeah, a lot. God bless. Dan Bongino. All right, welcome back to CPAC, folks, our interview show. Um, I'm really honored to have Congressman Doug Collins. Sir, so good to see you. Meet Dan, you in person, oh, finally. It's a pleasure. Uh, we know you're running for Senate right now in Georgia. Yes. A tough race. Now, I want to say I, I've heard about you. I've never met you personally, but you have been a warrior on both the Spygate scam and this dreaded impeachment hoax. Yep. Many people have seen you on TV, on C-SPAN, and during the hearings, yep. going to bat for the president, what happened to them, this hoax. How's the Senate race going? How does it look? And I've seen some establishment forces marshalling against you again. Well, look, they 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 are in incumbent protection mode for someone who's who's never had experience, who's never fought for this president, who's never had a position. She's a nice lady. Senator Leffler, I think, will do fine for this year, but we're going to win in November and win be in the Senate next year. Look, they're coming against us because they know what we can do. They're coming against us because we have uh, values that are not political checkboxes. We've been fighting uh, against the forces up here in D.C., and we're winning. And I think that's the reason that we're going to make a good senator. Now, I, I saw you during the, the impeachment charade and during Spygate. Now, what I think the general public fails to grasp, I mean, they don't have, this is what we do for a living. Yeah. We talk politics. I mean, we have soccer moms and dads that they work for a living. They don't have the time to read 6,000 briefing manuals on Spygate. Right. I think what people fail to grasp about this is these two anti-Trump scandals were related. They were some of the same players. Yep. I mean, you see the name Chalupa, yep. Alexandra Chalupa, who appears mysteriously uh, as a contact with the Ukrainians who are feeding information about uh, the Trump campaign, false information during Spygate, yep. who then seemingly, you know, appears again in the Ukraine scandal during the impeachment hoax. Is this ever going to stop? And just how tied in are these multiple anti-Trump hoaxes? Well, I think they're, they're all attacked. That's all they've got. Dan, I mean, think about this. When you have no agenda, when you're basically, you know, doing things that most Americans don't want, when you're looking at government taking over, you're trying to, to you know, raise taxes, you're trying to do all these things. When your only hope is, is to take down the president instead of beat this president, then you're going to continue these, uh, you know, behind the scene, uh, scene things. You're going to still keep Schiff, who has trouble with the truth. You have Nadler, who has no vision at all. You have all these folks, and, and Speaker Pelosi, who only wants to take down this president. So they're going to keep doing this because if it's always this way. If you have nothing to offer, then you got to tear down. Look, it takes a master builder like the president uh, to build something. It takes one idiot with a hammer to try and tear it down. we got a bunch of folks out there with hammers who just want to tear this president down. Do you think if we take back the House and get control of chairmanships again, that there's any possibility that America will finally hear the truth about how devastating this was? Again, the tie-ins to the scandals yep. between all of them, whether the impeachment hoax, the Ukraine hoax, or Spygate, it's the same players every time. Adam Schiff, the fake whistleblower, Chalupa, all of these people were involved in multiple scandals. Are we ever going to get, if we take the House back, some accountability here? I think you will. And I think that's what we're going to see as we go forward. Because look, we, we've got to take this system, and as the president said many times, we can't let this happen to any president, no matter who it is. And so the only way to do that is actually have the answers. This week, show you an example. The Democrats are still in denial. We were supposed to work on FISA, which is actually to reform the system so it doesn't happen, like this Carter Page issue and all these. Yeah. And yesterday, the chairman said, oh, we can't pass it because they have problems on their own side. And also, they don't want to deal with the reality that FISA is broken. And so they just pulled it off the table. We're not even have it right now to be rescheduled. And some of those provisions actually run out on March 15th that are actually needed for our foreign intelligence, like the roving wiretaps and things like that that need to be. But I'm not going to renew them until we actually have some FISA 
Yeah, you know, I just brought that up on my show. I'm not a fan of FISA courts at all. Matter of fact, I not but, a fan yeah. of Patriot Act. I get it. No, I agree. I agree with you. But yeah. I mean, listen, you get a warrant, man. It's not hard. Is no, it very? We we'll do it proper. We got to put the proper protections in. So, that, because remember, if you go back historically, the reason we got FISA and it was put in for a proper reason because you had the intelligence community, and law enforcement communities in the 60s and 70s who had turned on the American people, and there had to be a way that we could control this, and so to make sure that Americans, you know, Fourth Amendment rights and other things were protected. That is the the goal that we need to have, and it needs to be uh, blind justice, and, the, and the, you can't have corruption at the FBI and other places that would abuse this system. There are ways to fix that and still keep us safe, but not have the abuse that we saw uh, under the last you know three years, and especially under Comey, Page, Strzok, and Clapper, Brennan, and the rest of them. So I think those are the things we need to, to take into account and keep in mind. Patriot, yeah, I've got a lot of problems on, on issues yeah. there as well. So, but there's a way to work this, and simply the Democrats putting their head in the sand and saying we're not going to talk about it because if they admit, if they come out, think about this. If they admit that they need to change this process, then they're having to admit that it was abused. Yeah. And they don't want to do that. Exit question for you. I yep. know you're busy. No. Uh, Mike Flynn, American Patriot, obviously some missteps there. We get that. I mean, yep. no one's perfect. We, you know, we don't worship golden calves. Uh, but it's strange with Mike Flynn. So the FBI opens up cases on August 10th against Paul Manafort, Carter Page, and George Papadopoulos, August 10th of 2016. They don't open up against Mike Flynn. They wait till August 16th. But magically, on August 10th, the same day they don't open up cases on Mike Flynn, a dossier appears Amazing. with Mike Flynn's name in it. Shocking, isn't it? It is. And then the next day, August 11th, who shows up again mysteriously with the dreaded air quotes, Stefan Halper, a spy in this case, working for the FBI, and seems to have information on Mike Flynn. Congressman, it's clear as day that this patriot, again, I'm not, I'm not glossing over mistakes exactly. being made, but it's clear this patriot was targeted because of his political affiliation. Yep. Is anything ever going to be done to assist Mike Flynn in this effort? I, I find a lot of people avoid this topic, and I find it a little bit disturbing. Well, no, we need to, look, anything dealing with Crossfire Hurricane, anything dealing with those investigations need to be viewed with a skeptical eye. I mean, we've seen the problems. We've seen what they did. We've yeah. seen the, the shortcuts. We've seen everything even through, we saw it through the Mueller report. We saw it through the investigations before, and we saw it through the transcripts that I released last year. Those kind of things, we're seeing this problem. So I, I think his new attorney, I think Sydney are going to be working on this. I think that is the best thing that could happen. And it does need to be looked at. This is not right. And and, and then again, transpose that to McCabe who lied to his own people and nothing happened Flynn. to him. Yeah, That's wrong. That's, yeah. just, I mean, that's plain so and much. We know wrong. he didn't like Mike Flynn. I agree. Hey, what's your website for your Senate race? DougForGeorgia.com I wish you all the best. You well, really have been a warrior for this cause and we need more guys like you up there. Really. Well, I, I appreciate it. We'll look forward to talking to you more Thank about you, that as we go. Thanks, Thanks for coming much. out. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks Thank a you. lot. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, today's show also brought to you by our friends at ExpressVPN. Protect your privacy, your online privacy today. ExpressVPN.com slash Bongino. ExpressVPN.com slash Bongino. Thanks again for tuning in. We've got a ton of exciting interviews scheduled for the future. You're really going to love it. I hope you like that show. I'd love to hear your feedback. Email us. Our email's on the website, Bongino at Bongino.com. Go check it out. I'll see you all on Monday. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.